Hey everybody, it's that time of the month again? That didn't go well. Should we take it from the top again? Nah, let's, let's just keep going. Let's just keep yeah. going. <laughs> hey everybody, it's that time again where you are going to be listening to Was That Really Necessary? This is the podcast about remakes, reboots, sequels, and prequels. And we sit here and look at a movie and then it's, you know, maybe a remake. Maybe a reboot, whatever you want to call it these days, whatever the cool kids in Hollywood are calling it. And we weigh it against the original and we try to figure out if it was, you know, something that was really great, something that you could tell somebody really wanted to bring to a new audience, or if it was a studio exec on high going, hey, that their comic book makes us some money. Let's put it out there. I am Zach Your Dillon funny books make me money. Always. <laughs> your funny I, books make me money. Your funny books make me money. Um, I'm Paul Abishan. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here on that note. Uh, yeah, we get to discuss it is, Superman. This is our first time getting to see each other. We get to see each other too. Look at this. Yeah, I, you can't see us, but I can actually see Zach uh, for the first time in almost a year since we've been doing this. So it took us that long it's... to get the technology. I know you feel like you hear about everybody doing it, but we're just—I don't know—we're luddites. We don't—we don't do things the easy way at all. Um, we are talking about Superman. So we took a look at this week in case you didn't hear us, uh, you know, from the last podcast, we took a look at the original 1978 Richard Donner film, Superman, which a lot of people generally consider to be the original, like, you know, modern super superhero comic book movie. Um, that's kind of the one that that kickstarted it. Obviously they've evolved since then and there's gone through many iterations that I'm sure we can talk about, but this is kind of the original. And then we took a look at the man of steel. Um, I chose this, and the reason why is because, uh, honestly, I remember seeing the original Superman. It was, you know, fine. I can remember growing up and seeing, honestly, I think I remembered Superman 2 a little bit more than this, realizing that, you know, like General Zod and all those were in there that I really, truly, you know, grasped onto. But, you know, I, I, he was never a character that really grasped me. So I was like, all right, I should go back and rewatch this. And what better way to do it is to then just rip it to pieces uh, or maybe loud it. Maybe we really love it. Uh, and then I had never seen Man of Steel. And I was kind of like, you know, I feel like I should watch this at some point. Let, why don't I force myself to watch it for our po- stupid podcast, right? Like, let's just do that. And um, I don't know See, if I like it. <laughs> See, I had watched it uh, prior to this and I fucking hate you. So for making me watch it again, and we'll dive more into that as we go. Yes. Yeah, but I want to preface that I hate you. Yeah. Uh, that's so fair. that's fair. <laughs> there's, there's that, uh, you know, both are great movies in, well, they're not, they're not both. Great no, movies. I'm just lying. <laughs> to you. I'm just lying. Uh, I think, you know, to kind of kick off the first one, I think mm-hmm. you, I, I, to summarize it up, is really just before the destruction of this planet Krypton, uh, their scientist uh, Jor-El sends his infant son Kyle on a spaceship to Earth. He's discovered, raised by some farmers, John and Martha, um, young Clark, as they have called him, uh, as he grows up, goes through puberty, discovers he has these superhuman powers and they develop over time. And it's all really good plays back to the original comic books. Um, as he grows up, he moves to Metropolis. He has become Superman, fights the fights crime, but then also works at the local newspaper. Um, as Superman, he battles and fights Lex Luthor for world dom. Lex Luthor wants world domination. Essentially, that's kind of like he's the brain. He, what are we doing today? Taking over the world. Seems um, to be seems to be about the only defining feature he has, too. <laughs> exactly, and there's and we're going to talk about a lot of the nuances, so it's not really worth going into. But he meets Lois Lane, who's a reporter. Are we, are uh, we going to talk about the nuances? I don't think there's a whole lot of nuance to this. <laughs> there really isn't. Uh, all the ins and outs of this movie. There's not a lot. Um, there's Lois Lane. And I think it's really important to talk about the differences between the Lois Lanes. So this Lois Lane is what you would say kind of like a non-respected. It's the late 70s. She's the woman reporter. She gets the puff pieces and the, the bullshit stories. And she wants to go after the hard stories. Well, 
she falls in love with Superman, but thinks Clark Kent sis this dweeb because he parts his hair on a different side and wears some fucking glasses. No one knows him. So it's totally crazy. Uh, so basically in the end, yeah, he, he kidnaps or he saves the world from total destruction of Lex Luthor, takes him to jail. Lex Luthor's bald. That's literally flies him into jail. It's yeah. like, hey, oh my God. Yeah. He pulls off the wig, uh, which is like, pr- which is, that's totally, it's foreshadowed because they see, you see a whole bunch of wigs all over the place. Yes. Um, anyway. Uh, so to, to set the table here, Richard Donner, you know, this, this guy is a, this legendary Hollywood director, right? Of, I knew him from the Omen, always grew up loving horror movies and everything like that. That was like my first exposure to him, but he did all of the original Superman movies, except for Superman two, where he was like kind of notoriously forced off of it. Then he made the Donner cut, which was like the better version of it and everything. And, um, he also made, uh, lethal weapon. He was pretty famous for doing, I think all of those, or at least a couple of them now he's, he's um, done. No, I'm pretty sure he did all of them. Yeah. He did quite a few of them at the very least. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of petered out toward, he's still alive. He's just not really working anymore. His last I mean, movie. He I did, think, he did Goonies. He was part of Goonies. Goonies. Yes. He did the toy. The to- uh, oh God, I forgot about that one. Right. Uh, Lady Hawk for uh, for some of my more mystical fans out there. Scrooged, he did yep. Scrooge yep. with Bill Murray. Uh, Radio Flyer, which I actually thought was a great movie. Uh, I did some tales from the anyway. Oh, yeah. To go on, you could go on with his uh, resume. He is a very Maverick man. He was Maverick. Yeah, this is this directed Maverick. I guess. This was right after coming off the Omen. Um, for him so this was right. like a he was still kind of a younger movie director he had years of television behind him but the omen yeah superman and this was really what person. like cemented him yeah and this is what really cemented him is like being able to handle this blockbuster stuff right like this is what makes him the that 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 hollywood director um just one fun little side moment i didn't realize that his last movie he ever directed was 16 blocks the most deaf Bruce Willis vehicle that I actually kind of enjoy is a guilty pleasure, but I, I love that movie. movie. I thought I didn't realize. I, it's fun. It's a fun movie for I, what I, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's enjoyable, but I didn't realize it was Richard Donner. That just made me laugh. Um, anyway. Uh, so Richard Donner comes in and they're like, Hey, we've got the Superman thing, right? We, it's, it's, it's action comics. This is in the, is this the silver age of comics or whatever? And everybody's yeah, like, no. Superman would be considered the silver age. Right. So like we're, we're coming into the seventies, we're getting there. It's like, all right, we have some, some good special effects. We think we can actually make this now. So let's, let's figure this out. Let's figure out how to make it. So, you know, right, right away, as you watch this, it's this setup on Krypton. You've got Marlon Brando as fucking Jor-El. You know, like they are really trying to establish this. Is like this is going to be a serious movie, my friends. Like you need to take this seriously. Now you don't because it's cheesy as hell. And I wrote down in my notes as I was watching this, um, I it was like you know th- these these special effects had to be like fucking mind blowing at that point. And then I just wrote, well, I may not love the aesthetic. I absolutely love that he's doing the hell out of it because Richard Donner is going for it with this shit, man. Like, he really did. He really went for it in a lot of the scenes. Um, I, I, the special effects are good, but I also kind of was putting in this into regard too that this came out the same time as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And really, this does not hold a candle to Star Wars. No, no, no. When no, you no, look no. at what what special effects were in that time, I mean, Richard Donner being a great director does mm-hmm. not hold a candle to George Lucas in, again, same time period. There's, sure, sure. But I don't think Richard Donner really ever been a special effects guy. Like none of his movies have really been these big special effects movies. Whereas you look at George Lucas, that's all the guy ever. I mean, that's. Right. That's it. I mean, that's what he does. So I get it. But I I did kind of watch this under the impression like you could do there was better. Like it's it's OK. Right. There was a lot better right. out there at this time. That's true. And, you know, like there's there's stuff like that running scene where because the other thing is that I didn't realize because I hadn't watched this in forever is that you don't actually see Christopher Reeves 
until 49 minutes into this movie. Also, this movie is two hours and 20 minutes long, which I didn't realize, but like, you don't, it's the first almost half of this movie. You see infant Superman. You see a toddler Superman, naked toddler Superman. You see a little baby. I was going to bring that up at some point. That's weird. Toddler dong, actually. It's baby dong and Superman, Man of Steel, which I guess, sure, great. Good job, Zack Snyder. Way to keep that in there. And then you see teenage Clark. And then, like I said, almost halfway through, over a third of the way through the movies, when you finally meet the titular Superman, Christopher Reeves, like what everybody thinks of that iconic, like, all right, that's him. And there is so much time given to teenage Clark. Like, it is I mean, it's no wonder they made, you know, so Smallville last forever. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I wanted to bring this up more in the when we talk about Man of Steel, but my whole thing, and I think we've talked about this with Spider-Man's as well, is origin stories. Right. And the need for them in today's cinematic universes, as opposed to 1978, the first real, as you mentioned, the first real comic book movie. Did we need more backstory back then? Yes, we did. We needed a little bit more backstory. We haven't, at this point, Mm -hmm. Superman has not been thrown at us through animated series, video games. I mean, really, at this point, you have some comic books. That's all you really have. And if you didn't read comic books, you might not know shit about his upbringing. So I get that. that I think that's Mm -hmm. why the movie had to be two hours and 20 minutes. Because you had to kind of right. set that pace for well, childhood. Right. I think that, yeah, I think that uh, this is, it, it, this movie is somehow, and again, this was in my notes, it's like, it's somehow this movie is paced way too slowly and way too quickly. Like, he's not rushing through things. He's giving us time to linger on some of this stuff. But like, for instance, the dad passes away. Spoiler alert for this 1978 movie, but the man who <laughs> father passes away. That is a big thing for Superman, obviously. Uh, but the best part is his, his death scene in Ron, Richard Donner's version is him talking to Clark Kent. And then he walks and Clark Kent like runs off to play with the dog. And then he just goes, oh, no. And he drops yeah. dead of a heart attack. That That's yeah. it. He just fucking dies. Just and dies. then no shit that is that that's it that he says oh no and dies and then you so like that is just like whoa that was fucking abrupt and then his funeral scene is this five minute long one one take that ends in this slow crane pan up to reveal that they're on this like top of this you know kansas you know hilltop looking out over everything but there's like a minute and a half of no dialogue where the camera's just moving away from them to slowly reveal it and it's like this is what you decided to not don't linger on the dad dying make him just say oh no and pass out like this is a fucking you know charlie chaplin movie although that would have been silent but you know it's like it's just like I, I just I, he somehow pace he's just he doesn't know how to like choose things that have good gravitas and use that he just he's kind of like let's make this a long shot for no reason let's make ned Beatty walk around really clumsily for a little while and then you know like not focus on the fact that he's annoying as hell and a stupid character love ned Beatty, just not a good character in this movie <laughs> this was not a good ned Beatty movie but again ned Beatty wasn't necessarily the ned Beatty. he is mm-hmm. today at the time um I think it's important to look at some of the other characters or things. Uh, So like looking at, well, looking at Superman, Christopher Reeves was a nobody when this came out. He, he had to bulk up. He didn't want to take, he didn't want to take anything. He didn't want to do padded suits. That was him. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they also had considered Robert Redford, Clint Eastwood and James Caan. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like Redford wanted too much money. Clint Eastwood was busy with something, God knows what. And uh, I think James Conn said something along the lines of, there's no way I'm getting into that silly suit, yeah, um, which is probably a good idea. <laughs> so um, Margot Kidder, uh, the late Margot Kidder as uh, Lois Lane. She, I'm pretty sure was in almost late Christopher Reeves <laughs> and the late Christopher Reeves. Um, yeah. Margot Kidder a little more recently, I believe. Right. <laughs> but it's um I mean you had a Jimmy Olsen. You had some of these classic characters from the comic books make their way 
to the screen kind of for that first time. And I th- it was interesting to see it in today's it with today's eyes being with what we have today for not only the effects, but the abundance of comic book movies, TV shows, shit in general that is out there. Well, and you bring up an interesting point with that too, because one thing that I noticed in the in that the the script is like is so over engineered that it, and it's just really funny to see because like and you see movies still do this today. I won't lie, but it, usually it's at least a little bit better about it. But this movie, this original Superman, can't help but tell you absolutely everything, and I think that's partially because again they're setting the archetypes, they're setting all the stages for everything that's going to come afterwards. So they kind of have to do a lot of that, but they have to like just tell you like, oh my gosh, look, that man is flying up there, and then like point at what's you know like they can't just let something happen and let organically these things. There's a helicopter scene where Margot Kidder is trapped in a helicopter that's yes. going to fall off the building, and they have to instead of just like holy shit, there's a helicopter and building suspense that way, they have to show a crowd of a thousand people coming up there, cop cars rolling up there. It's like this helicopter has been up there for like 30 seconds. There's no way cop cars and firemen knew to get there or that a crowd was drawing because nobody looks up in New York city. So nobody would have noticed yeah. this. Like that's not it was how just, this works guys. But, but that draws, that's the like overemphasis on, Oh, we can, we can build this great tension. There's going to be a billion people there and everybody will be pointing up at it and saying what's happening and explaining to the audience that this is the thing that's going on and you should be paying attention to this. And it's like, give him a little credit, but Hey man, it started us off. I mean, I guess this is, I guess we have, if we didn't get this, would we ever have anything else that we have today? Right. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure we would, but no, this this is this is kind of the the big one that kicked it all off. So mm-hmm. um it was fairly expensive for its time, I can tell you that. It did cost yes. 50, cost fifty-five million dollars to make this movie in nineteen seventy-eight. So pretty big. Um opening weekend did about seven and a half million. Uh Gross USA is like 135 million and worldwide like 300 million. So I'm sure Zach's got some more definite numbers, but I'm pretty sure this ruled the box office. It was number two for the year behind only John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John and the vehicle that is Greece. Uh, but yes, it uh, it did super well there. Um, it came in number two. Number three was Animal House. Uh, four was Every Which Way But Loose. Jaws 2 was in there in the top ten. Halloween, The Deer Hunter. Like, this was a pretty big year, but this, this, this cleaned up, man. This did not do poorly. And it was well-received, too. I mean, the um, critics at the time, on Rotten Tomatoes of Suckers rated 94%. Audience at 86%. That's This, this was well-liked. This was well-received. And again... Uh, it's probably the most like, DC movie out. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I didn't think about that. Well, I mean, the uh, Nolan Batman, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Ah, uh, touche, touche. Yeah. But we, so you know, we have to we have to look at this to understanding that I, I, we make fun of this, and it was it was cheesy as hell. And there's some scenes in the end when he's flying through the San Andreas Fault that are just goofy as shit. And the can we talk about he reverses? He he flies backwards. He causes the world. To, to fly, to rotate to backwards and it reverses time. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not a fucking car. Yeah. You can't just drive it backwards and wheel back the speedometer. Okay. You I can't do that either, that. which, like, like a Ferris Bueller, <laughs> calm down here. <laughs> Ferris. Um, I, the, yeah. The, this whole movie is just like, it, there's, it, it, without this, this again, you have to look at this as like the urtext. This is that first thing that happens that we are then able to enjoy other iterations of it later. So, thank you, Superman. You are goofy and you are weird. And Gene Hackman doesn't seem to be in the same movie as some of the other people. Although I fucking love him in this, I have to admit he's he's great. There's a scene in which Superman comes and knocks his door down, and he just goes, "Come in, it's open." Like it's yeah. the perfect line delivery. Like he's so good, even though he has nothing to do in this whole movie. His his motivation is what? What is his motivation? I don't know. I, I, I can't say anything else. But I love him. I love him so much in this. It's so weird. And I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> there is 
and it's important to bring this up because I'm going to really dive into some of this later, but there is comic relief in this. You, you have yes, fun. Yes. This movie is fun. You watch it. There's, yeah, it's the big bright blue suit that you you've seen in the comics brought to life. It's flying through the air. There's some funny moments to it. Even just the, the way Martha and John talk to each other sometimes, or ex- the boss at the, at the paper, um, the scene you mentioned with Gene Hackman, come in, just those kind of witty comments. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's not a three hour fight scene. It's fun movie. There's right. the cool the the um, his solitude is really really pretty and cool, and they did it well. Fortress of Solitude. It is. Thank you. It took me a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's yes. just again for that time. It's a really cool scene it's a cool set you could tell like you had mentioned they took time they 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 put effort into it and it's just a yes it's old it's cheesy it's campy it's it's a comic book it is a comic book brought to life but it's fun i had fun watching this one and it is it is of the it is representative of the time of what was going on with the superman comics it is before that, you know, maybe it's right around that time, you know, in the late 70s and early 80s when comics start to get darker, grittier, more adult themed. But this is up until that point, you know, they may have been starting to like kind of turn that corner. Most of, the, most of it was this campy stuff. So they really kind of captured what the what was going on with comic books. And, and that, that's fun. It's nice. Um, it, it, you know. It's, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I I made fun of it. I feel like we ripped it apart. I feel like we were just doing this, but like I said, I I mean, I can't say it better. So I'm just going to say it again. Like they were really going for something and I don't like it, but I admire the hell that they went all in for it. Like they, they are going for it and it's fucking great. Um, The one thing, last thing that I have to say that I have to ask you about this is, do you think that this movie is part of the Pixar universe, the Pixar movie universe? I don't know. I I, I've, I haven't thought about it, so I'm well, interested now to hear where you're going with it. So it's 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 a long shot, and it's just totally based on one thing. But did you notice that Cliff Clavin is in this? Mister John Ratzenberger himself has a very no. brief he has a very brief cameo as a radio operator where he like shouts at the screen and points at Superman. This is a pre Cheers Cliff. You know, preachers John Ratzenberger, yeah. and the immediate thought in my head was just like, "Wait, is this part of the Pixar universe now?" <laughs> there, I've had discussions about this with other people. Uh, there, there is not a Pixar series where he doesn't show up. I think in some form or fashion. So I get it. Um, I didn't realize that was him. That's amazing. I'm going to have to go back yeah. and rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I, I was excited I, I, to see that. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I was I was just excited to see that these were all on HBO Max. Um, right. They're all of them. All of them yep. are available to watch. So Every single one of them. Um, it, it's kind of cool. Like you see General Zod in the beginning, and you're kind of like, okay, I remember you from the comic books. Like, right, you're coming back. I'm going to see you again, you son of a bitch. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun. It, this was a fun one to rewatch. As much as we are picking it apart, it was. giving it shit. Yeah, and it's—I mean, in in my mind, it's worth it just to watch for all of the gratuitous shots of Christopher Reeve's package because they like to emphasize it in a few of those shots. And and I mean, kudos. All right, kudos. That's what I'll say. Hey, man, <laughs> you know what? They're not calling me to play Superman, so I've got I've got no <laughs> to talk about any. Him, him or Henry Cavill's body. I've got, I've got no shit to be talking because no one's knocking on my door to play Superman. Well, I mean, speaking of that, is this, is that the, is that the transition then that we need to go and talk about Henry Cavill, uh, you know, like playing Superman here in Man of Steel? I guess, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the description that I'm going to say is uh, everything that Paul said happens in this movie, but darker. Um, I think it's the only way. <laughs> it's just well, they just it's, it's made all, everything more extreme. Well, they drank a bunch I, of Mountain Dew and made it more extreme. I mean, it, you get more backstory into 
General Zod, and he's the main bad guy in this, is the protagonist, mm-hmm. General Zod. Um, it's you don't see Lex Luthor in this one. No. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't have fun with this. Like, I just this movie's not fun. It's dark. There's so it's much again. Very... It's 2013. It has been almost 40 years since this movie, since the first one came out. I don't, I, there have been mm-hmm. many cartoons, iterations. Again, we have been having at this point, Superman jammed on our fucking throats for 30 plus years. I don't need a backstory. And I sure mm-hmm. as shit don't need an hour long mm-hmm. backstory involving Russell Crowe at all. Um, Russell Crowe flying around on Avatar dragons. Like it's, you can just it's so tell weird, that Zack Snyder watched Avatar and was just like, "I'm gonna do those rack focus like CGI shots where everything's all bumpy and moving all over the place, and then zooms in." And like, dude, ugh, you're not James I just Cameron. See, you will I, never be James Cameron. I just see them in the writing booth and him like kind of getting a Veruca saltish, like, "Daddy, I want a flying dragon now." Cameron got a flying dragon. I want a flying dragon. And it's just like, dude, no, are you? Oh shit. It is. It is. It is. I'm sorry. It's too much. It's really, I mean, it's, I'm not one to complain about dark, but uh, this, and again, mind you, this is what DC is hanging their hat on to reboot and combat Marvel. This is this is kicking off the new Ugh. DC universe. This is what they have decided is going to go against Marvel. And this is the piece of shit they decided to spend way too much money on and try and jam down your throats in the middle of literally I think Ultron was coming out around this. I mean, this was 2013. I don't know. I have so many. I was so just. This would have been one year after. This would this would have been one yeah. year after Avengers. So like, bear in mind, like D- D- DC has watched Marvel had a whole bunch of hits, and then they like literally just got to watch Marvel be like, hey, here's what everybody, here's literally everyone, try to do. Like, here's here's a cinematic universe. Here's how you like. Marvel walked in, looked at DC at a table, whipped their dick out, and then just was like, hey, so you're already behind like fuck you and just then probably just laughed as their piles of money just kept growing behind them. Like it was just DC had nothing, nothing. (laughs) And so I kind of watched this with comparing it to Iron Man Mm -hmm. because again, you look at Iron Man, you don't see Iron Man till damn near the end of that movie. Right. Right. And it was amazing where, you have this movie has no fun, in my opinion, no humor. You missed that. You didn't even put Jimmy Olsen doesn't even appear in this. Who again? You missed out on a huge comic relief character right there to just make mm-hmm. a couple scenes fun. You make Lois Lane just unlikable, just an unlikable character in my opinion. And I, I'm sorry, I think Amy Adams is a great actress. But they just, I just totally. felt nothing for her as a character. I was like, I, There's, you're not redeeming. She, I don't, I don't know. I, I, so I actually, I wrote at one point in my notes again, cause I keep going back to him. Everyone in the cast is doing the best with this script, but it sucks. Like you have legitimately good actors. Amy Adams is fucking phenomenal. She's actually one of my favorite actresses probably working today right now. I I, I love her. She's, I love she's, the arrival Arrival might be my wife's favorite movie. Definitely my favorite movie the last like 15 years. I've watched it so many times. It's wonderful. I like it too, obviously, but like the, you, and Henry Cavill is not a bad actor. He can do well with these things. Uh, Michael Shannon is fucking excellent. He's one of my favorite, like unsung hero actors. I love him, but he is given nothing as Zod. He is no. and even like Russell Crowe. Isn't that bad? Like he's honestly not that bad either. Lawrence Fishburne is fucking great. You have, so much potential with this cast. There's so many, like the casting, they they, they really truly nailed the casting of this. I can look it's, at it's that. It's a fantastic cast. On paper, you look at it and you're just like, yeah, this is, this is fucking Superman universe. This is who I want to see play everything yep. here. Like you even maybe you might look at like Michael Shannon and be like, well, I mean, interesting choice for Zod, but he's fucking great. And I bet he can pull it off. You know, like you just, everything on paper is, is there. It's right fucking there. <laughs> 
I uh, Michael Shannon is up there with a few actors for me that I am sure he is the nicest man in the entire world. He is probably a very sweet human being who everyone loves him. But if I met him on the street, I would fucking run. He <laughs> terrifies me. Then it's yeah. just something about that look that because he he has that stoic look of death. That, oh my God. And again, I think he's perfect for Zod. I I was so yeah. excited when I heard he was cast in this. I was like, oh my God, he's he's perfect because he's not he, he's not a popular enough actor where you have preconceived characters that he's played in his past. Yes. He comes fresh. He's yes, a fresh yes, yes. bad guy. He's not this household name that, oh, well, he's been in seven other great movies playing good guys and I can't imagine him as a bad guy or here we go again, another bad, like he's fresh. Right. I really, really appreciated that. And just he, he was the only good part in the movie because his character isn't supposed to be fun. His character, his his character. That's true. Dark. <laughs> it's the dark one. It's the mean one. It's the scary one. It's it's all those. And yeah, mm -hmm. he did great. Like he best character in the whole movie, in my opinion. Other than that, Kevin Costner. Yeah, and again, I think that he's. Yeah, I mean. Kevin yeah, Costner was fine. Diane Lane, Diane Lane as the mother is 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 fine too. Like they're good. They're just again, they're good actors. Again, on paper, you read it, you're like this cast rules. And even at that point, I mean, for me, Zack Snyder as a director, we we actually covered what I think is, and I said it on that episode, what I think is his best movie, Dawn of the Dead. That's his first movie. Yes. It's got to be his best movie. Um, but you know what? Outside of that, he had done 300 at that point. 300 was like, all right, it's visually stimulating. Not a whole lot there. But then again, if you read the comic, there's not a whole lot to the comic. Watchmen. All right, he kind of lost me a little bit there. I'm a big fan of the comic, but that's there's so much nuance in that comic. You're not going to be able to bring it to the screen. So at least he made it. Again, visually very interesting. I could handle it. Yep. Sucker Punch is a goddamn train wreck and one of the most worst movies that I've ever seen. And I'd actually should preface that I haven't seen the whole thing because it's one of the few movies that I've shut off and never finished. I've actually never been able to finish that movie. So then it was my nap this, time was like, movie right. for a while. Sucker oh, Punch was a nap time movie for me for a while. Like if you put that on, you're going to fall asleep in 20 minutes because it's yeah. just horrible. And if you watch all those movies progressively too, you start to see this washed out bleak gray and brown tone look become more and more prevalent in each one of them. The original Dawn of the Dead is actually pretty colorful and it's good and it's shot with a normal color palette and everything like that. It's got a few like kind of washed out scenes, but it's pretty good. Then you go into like 300. 300 is that washed out dark gray brown color, but with like these huge flashes of color, right? There's the red capes that they have. There's these big vibrant mm -hmm. pieces to it where there's this weirdly it, it works super well because it's such an artistic profile and it fits frank miller's aesthetic right like frank miller wrote the comic that's very right. much him like it's perfect that with the so shades of dark and the the high contrast beautiful colors like that's that yes. was the perfect aesthetic for it and then i feel like he just got that and was like you know what's cool take out the reds and make everything brown and gray because then everything from there just starts to get worse and worse <laughs> but see he for to his credit dawn of the dead zombie movie should right. be dark that should be dark 300 frank miller it should be dark like those yeah. are dark movies and those are the two nolan. most colorful ones he's ever done <laughs> christopher no like christopher nolan and batman should be dark mm -hmm, mm -hmm, joel mm -hmm. schumacher and batman should not be fucking neon superman should not be fucking dark it's superman no. it is it is the cape crusader it is up up and away this is bright blue this is fun this should get me this should kick off your franchise should be fun i wanted to leave watching that movie being like wow this was this was fun um yes i didn't and again i compare it to i i do compare it to iron man in a sense that this is this mm -hmm. is how you want to start shit like you want to fuck around? This is, and find yeah, this out. is the kickoff to your cinematic yeah. universe. It, the music yeah. sucked. It's just, the, the, I mean, you ugh. you couldn't even get John Williams. This is like the one Superman movie that doesn't have John Williams Superman theme. You don't right. even get me excited with a goddamn theme song for your movie. Visually, cool. It's mm -hmm. visual. It is a visually stimulating movie. In my opinion, I had no fun. Mm. I, there were opportunities for fun. 
Um, I don't know. I thought the fight scenes drug on way too long. Like it's too, it's Zod and Superman fighting. They were too hard to follow. Yes. I don't know. It was, it was, it's just, it's, it's, it's great characters on a great background fighting in CGI that I just, it's, I was, I, I can remember hearing people talk about this and I, I've seen, oddly enough, I had seen Justice League and Batman v Superman before this. I just, for whatever reason, never bothered to watch Man of Steel. And somebody was talking about, I, I was like, I should probably at least read up on Man of Steel to figure out what was going on. And somebody once talked about how the fight scenes in that, even though they're getting knocked through buildings, they're destroying everything around them, for whatever reason, just don't, they lack any real punch. They lack any sort of real gravitas or weight to them. It just feels like it's just pure spectacle. It's just, and it's just so CGI'd and, and, and weird that you just kind of are like, you're just completely taken out of it. You have no idea how to connect to these characters. And that's been always kind of a knock against Zack Snyder's that he generally doesn't take the time to actually establish characters. So you're just, you're, you're watching this whole movie and where you're, tr- where he's trying to connect with you, you know, the, the scenes between Kevin Costner and young Cavill and stuff like that. He's trying to connect you to them, but at the same time, doesn't know what to emphasize similar to what I complained about with like Donner. He doesn't know what to linger on versus what to cut away from. He doesn't know what to do with this. It's just, there's no, he, he doesn't know how to, it, it feels like it's a robot or an algorithm that's like, okay, I'll make a Superman movie, give him the tragic backstory, do this. This is what people want. This is how humans connect to each other. And it's like, dude, no. I mean, the trappings are there. The, 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 the bits and pieces of it are there, but it never fully comes together, never fully gels. And it's just ends up being you watching Henry Cavill mope around for a while and watch all these other really good stars just like be, you just watch limitless potential get wasted on screen for two and a half hours in a great overtone. Oh my gosh. It's it. You nailed it. And I mean, Henry Cavill, I'm sure got real jacked for this movie. They did like a Jesus. Yeah, I mean, they had like the first shirtless Superman scene where you actually see that like that's not a fake suit. Like, oh, you 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 got muscles. I did think it was kind Dude's of so, yoked. yeah. One thing I really did find interesting is so everyone's always kind of joked that Superman's costume looks like underwear. Um, in this, you actually find out it is underwear. When you're when they're on their home planet of Krypton, they're all wearing armor. Like everyone's wearing big armor, right. and they've got really intricate patterns, and it looks again very visually stimulating. But Clark doesn't know that. Superman doesn't know about the armor. He only knows the suit he was given, which looks mm-hmm. like underwear because we learn it actually is what they would wear on Krypton as their underwear under their armor so i i I found that to be really funny like right off the bat i was like oh they got a bunch of armor because this wasn't in the first one um some other differences i think that they did too was lois lane in this is not this meek reporter who's covering fluffy bunnies on the sunday morning beat she is a hard knock ball busting reporter um she is out there to find good stories investigative she is not the lowest lane that we've quote-unquote grown up to know Mm -hmm. um right it's still i missed the jimmy olsen i'm sorry i did i wish there there could have been a good opportunity i know we've talked about jake johnson in the past um, even from the moment <laughs> as that type of character who could add just a little bit right. of humor into it, because I think that's it again. I don't know. Um, it, it just, there were some, some differences. I mean, you did a, you didn't have Lex Luthor, which I actually kind of appreciated a different storyline, mm-hmm. a different villain. Um, oh yeah. So that part was cool. Um, but geez, this I'll tell you, Zach, this 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 cost a, a dick load of money. Um, and I believe that is a Oh my god, it costs so much money. Oh, this movie, this movie cost, I, I think that's the right. Yeah, it's a technical yeah. term. This 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 costs 225 million dollars. That is almost, I mean, just shy of a quarter of a billion with a B 
to make this movie. Um, their opening weekend did not even make half of that back. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. it had a, yeah, 116 million, a gross USA only was 291 million. Um, and again, when you compare this again, we're, we're at Avengers now. We're at Avengers. We've seen several Marvel movies. People should be ready to drop some dough um, on these movies. Right. Well, and I mean, well, like, how about how about this for the, the most perfect, like, piece of this, right? So it ends up at, what, 670 worldwide, which is, it, it's good. But, you know, as we know, if you're not making... If you're not making 800, 900 million, they probably don't really care on this. It came in, it ended up being number nine. Um, it was just ahead of uh, number 10 that year at the box office was Thor, the Dark World, which is widely considered to be one of the biggest disappointments of Marvel movies. Uh, yep. But if you want the like genuine kind of poetic justice for what we're talking about here, uh, number two that year is Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 grosses $1.2 billion at the box office. It was only and, number two to Disney's Frozen, which was also a little I was going to say this, this was Frozen. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Despicable Me 2 at almost a billion, 970. The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug comes out, 950 Smaug. million. And then, you know, you've got Hunger Games, Fast 6, Monsters University, Gravity. Like this... It, this thing like barely beats out World War Z, which whoever the fuck actually remembers that movie. It's just like... You're going. You, we we're, we're comparing it to Iron Man, and an Iron Man movie comes out this year and kicks the ever loving shit out of it. And, and Iron Man, it's the worst. Iron Man it's the worst Iron Man movie. Like it's False. The Iron Man Two is worse. Mm, I, I, a conversation for a different podcast, but uh, um, sure, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> No, the, I've, I've stunned him. He doesn't know how to continue. Yeah, from I, that. I don't even know how to. I, I can't believe that was even just said. Um, I mean, you're right, though. This this movie was trash that year at the box office for as much money as they spent for the cast that they had for this. This should have been in the top three. This movie. Should yeah, this should have been. been should have cracked a billion. And like you said, Marvel gave them the blueprints. This is how mm-hmm. you do it. This is how you do it successfully. Um, and DC just said Marvel may as well have just like told them what to do, right? And just been like, here, here, this is like, here is, I'll write the script for you. Here you go. Give it to Snyder and see what he does with it. <laughs> well, and he he made two Superman movies, combined it with a Batman, and then gave us a Wonder Woman, so cool, we know some people, but then forced Jam Justice League down our throats and made us try to get to know a bunch of characters in five minutes introduction and then expect us to give a shit about them. Like, no, by the time right. Avengers came out, we had already met all these characters. They all had our individual movies. We knew who they were. We we liked them. We 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 didn't need backstory. We just got right into Avengers. And you then you pop out Justice League, and I just don't. I'm not gonna care about any of them in a five minute backstory. And then then you give nobody me cares. Movie. Like you throw me a shitty movie that right. I don't like, and then they're like, oh, by the way, here's their original movies. You should now like them. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how this. Even Marvel decided. Even Marvel was like, hey, we'd really like to we'd really like spoiler alert, Captain Marvel to save everyone at the end because she's so much stronger. Hey, we should give her her own movie first so that people know what's going on. And guess they they made a shitload of money off of it. Like, I just don't I do not understand the DC. And then then let's give Zack Snyder. Let's let's make Justice League shitty. You know what would make this even better? Let's make it four hours long and let Zack Snyder do whatever he wants. <laughs> That'll, that's what's going to make this better. Jesus. Ah, uh, release the Snyder cut. Ah. <laughs> it's just so, it, it's just, there, there's, like you said, there's, Marvel gave them a blueprint and they, you can see, again, you see the, the, the ideas that they have where they're like, okay, this is going to set up the universe. Let's get some big name fucking stars. Let's get some serious actors. Let's go there. And you can tell that 
I, I, I actually, after watching the original Superman, and again, to go back to this, we liked it, but it's cheesy. It's goofy, whatever. And the more people were ready at that point now, well proven, especially with like the Nolan Batman movies, which obviously Warner Brothers owns, it's DC property. They were ready to take these things seriously. Okay, we had this failed Superman reboot of Superman Returns, which was directed by a pedophile that we won't, and stars a different pedophile. Pedophile, yeah, right. Pedophile, pedophile, pedophile. It's just pedophiles all the way down and some fucked up turtle thing. But anyway, it's they. You, you can tell that they 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 look at that. You look at that the thing that Donner had done, and you go, okay, so there's some good stuff there. You have Zod, you know, there you have a few things that you can pull out of there. We make it an origin story. We'll redo that kind of thing, but let's make it, let's make it darker. Let's not make it the goofy blue and tights and let's make it more serious. Let's try to have this be a more adult movie. And so I understand that. The problem is, is that you gave it to somebody who doesn't understand the difference between grounded and real, like real versus make everything gray and, everybody hates everything like there's there's just no there's no different like grounded and real does not have to be shitty and overly somber like you can make these things again let's continue the comparison look at fucking iron man right off the fucking bat you you get robert downey jr having fun they play the song Iron Man. They just, they know what they're about. This is a superhero movie where you have a character that really struggles with, you know, addiction, that struggles with all these things that he has going on. But it's fun. It's still entertaining. It, there's just, there's, the man is super traumatized from being held by insurgents in Afghanistan. But you somehow love the whole movie? Like, it somehow just feels like, there's, I don't know. It's it's this weird thing that is is really tough to replicate obviously because marvels keeps doing it but they seem to be the only ones that are really figuring this out and you can deride them all you want for them having this pretty you know like one lane that they do this one thing that they do that they are you know like everything all their marvel movies are kind of samey or whatever but like fuck man it works every one of them clears a billion dollars and they're good so yeah yeah keep keep we should just do that you guys want to make another billion Let's yeah. do that again. I yeah. mean, it, exactly. And that's what I think was so disappointing for me with these series, with, with this movie. And I, honestly, so far with the DC c- cinema or whatever they're calling it, um, yeah. I just, I just don't care. And I think that's what it is. There, I, I don't like the characters or I don't know enough about them mm-hmm. yet to, to give a shit. Yeah. Well, and I think we we were both Marvel guys, right? I mean, I know I am. I think you were more of a Marvel person too. And I think, I mean, this all goes back to just quick comic book aside as I think the reason why, at least for me, that I was connected with Marvel much more. And this is something that Stanley was always big about. If nobody's ever looked any of this up, I highly recommend it. Disney Plus actually has a really interesting documentary series about Marvel and how they've founded some of this stuff. It's got some really cool stuff on there. I would recommend it. Um, but it, it Stanley wanted to make superheroes that were grounded in reality, that had real people problems that were just this. So it's interesting you bring up like Iron Man, dude's a billionaire playboy, but he has, he's gone through drug addiction. He's gone through all these other crazy things. Spider-Man is, is just an analogy for puberty, right? Great power comes great right. responsibility, but as you're just going through all this stuff and you look at, look at all these people, you know, Captain America is a frozen man out of time. And you know, that doesn't know what to do. The X-Men are an analogy for civil rights movement, gay rights movement, whatever you want. Every year they're just, they're the, they're the downtrodden, the outcasts, the everything you have these characters that have real lives out of this and DC Outside of Batman, I think is the one exception who I do find pretty entertaining and well-written. Outside of Batman, you basically have in the DC universe, super powerful, pretty much indestructible, has one weakness. So Superman, kryptonite. Um, Wonder Woman actually doesn't really have a weakness. She's just kind of super powerful and indestructible. Uh, uh, The Green Lantern has the color yellow. Martian Manhunter is super indestructible, powerful, has fire. Like It's just like they just all have like one weakness. That is what they do. And it, 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 you just—I don't care. I'm not—I I don't give a shit. There's not there's not much to that character for me to connect to. So Marvel just kind of by default, I'm going to strive more toward. And then to your point, you look at DC, and they're just not setting anybody up. They're not letting you connect to anybody. You just don't feel like you're invested in anything in this universe. 
And it sucks because yep. there could be some great stuff there. Exactly. And I mean, again, you look at look, Avengers is a great is great. By the time Avengers came out, I have met every I think just about every character already in, in a different Marvel, whether it's in Black Widow, Hawkeye, you saw in, you know, their Iron Man's and Thor's respectively. Thor had a movie. Iron Man had already had two movies. Hulk had already right. had a movie. And they're so good that Marvel can flip a main character in and out and no one gave a shit. Now, I, right. I, I care that Rhodey <laughs> got changed out. Nope. Didn't give a shit. In fact, like Don Cheadle more. You, do I care about Edward Norton right. not being Hulk anymore? No, because I fell in love with the character. I don't give a shit who that actor right. is. I fell in love with that character. And by the time you got to this conglomerate movie, I didn't care. I, I, I've already liked them. I'm already invested. You've already got me. And going back to some other comments, you look at the first Iron Man. You had Robert Downey Jr., who was – that was his comeback. He had kind of been – in and out, mm -hmm. hadn't done a mm -hmm. lot. That was his like comeback. Uh, but then you had Jeff Bridges as the as Obadiah Stane. Mm -hmm. I mean, the dude. You had Gwyneth Paltrow playing a at the time in 2008. Gwyneth Paltrow was a big deal in Hollywood. She was mm -hmm. won Academy Awards. She had been around. You had her playing a bit yep. Pepper Potts. You had Academy Award winner Terrence Howard playing. Rody right. for a few minutes. You had Paul Bentley. Paul, God, poor guy, signed on to do like fifth step into a booth for 15 minutes, rattle off some lines. Next thing you know, the guy's nine episodes deep into a goddamn Disney Plus series that he probably never <laughs> thought was gonna happen. Um so it, that was a that was a comeback for him too. He had been mostly written off at that point. People didn't think that he was ever going to make it because he had been doing like was it priest and a couple of those really shitty like terrible that just and it just he was no longer seen as a bankable actor, even though he had he was only a couple of years removed from some really great stuff too. But he was kind of seen as meh. <laughs> exactly, and it was it, they they turned this one little movie. You know, and then, you know, you got to have John Favre insert himself somewhere as happy. Right. Uh, but they turned this into gold. They turned a bullshit character that no one gave a rat's ass about. Because right. it was all they had left on the shelves and turned it into billions upon billions of dollars. And here's Warner Brothers sitting on Superman. Like the right. one of the Marvel most recognizable icons, right? We're the giving S. you everybody yeah. knows the S. Every what kid doesn't dress up as what little boy doesn't dress up as Superman at some point in their lives. You know, I mean, you have the most household name in the world when it comes to superheroes, and you fucked it up royally. Mm -hmm. Just royally screwed it up from the beginning. And after that, like the only option you had was to get rid of Zack Snyder and try again. And they they didn't, they didn't do that at all. It was, yeah. yeah, yep. So uh, I think the only thing that before we get into some of the analysis here um, that I wanted to to um, ask you, I have, I have one last question. I, I, I'm starting to do some off the wall questions. You could tell I was getting bored as I was watching these movies. So I have one more question to posit to you that I really want a serious answer for. Um, how much do you think IHOP paid to sponsor this movie? God, I, I hope you have an actual answer. I, no, I, I don't. don't I really wish I did. <laughs> I, I, oh, I wish you, I wish you had an answer. Cause I would love to know some of these things. Um, God, oh my God. Knows. All right. Well, let's, let's get into some scoring breakdowns here. Um, for anybody who hasn't listened to this before, we try to go through a few things, some five categories, cast, acting, direction, slash script, production value and enjoyment value in these rate them against each other. It's our way of trying to actually go through and figure out if you, if it wasn't obvious before, um, how we actually sort of qualitatively go through some of these things. So um, start with the cast, run it down. Uh, Paul, what do you think comparing the original Superman to uh, Man of Steel, who do you think takes it in terms of cast? I'm actually going to say the new one. Man of Steel. I'm going to give it to Man of Steel. I love the cast. That's I. So I'm torn because 
as we talked about uh, on paper, this is just such a fucking phenomenal cast. And, and it's not that the original doesn't have the casting, right? You got Marlon fucking Brando, one of the greatest actors that ever lived go and be in a, in a time when he's still giving a shit. We were, this is pre like Island of <laughs> Dr. Moreau type of bullshit that he was doing. So yeah, this no, is, this is highlight of Brando. Yeah. So like, you know, there's, there's good stuff there, but I, Fuck, I gotta agree with you. I think Man of Steel has the better cast. It really does. There's some heavy hitters in there, and that's that's good shit. Um, acting. Who uh, acting? Who did did they actually use the cast that they had? Um, I'm gonna go with Donner's version. I'm gonna go with the Superman. The original. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually gonna agree with you because again, I go back to not only the acting. Well, the acting, but the actors in Man of Steel just looked miserable the whole time. <laughs> they just looked miserable. They didn't. They didn't look like they were having fun. I could see like as soon as he yells cut, I just see Amy Adams lighting up a cigarette and just walking off being like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> this is fucking like, give me a fucking drink. Like, I they just don't look like they're having fun. Mike and it to Mike Shannon. After she I, walks off screen, like, yeah, Snyder, Snyder looks at her and he's like, hey, Amy, can we do one more take? And she just like flicks the cigarette. Yeah, and exactly. Just walks to her trailer. <laughs> yeah. Now, the the fun part to that would be Mike Shannon never looks like he's having fun doing anything. And if he was the goofball on set, that would actually those would be some (laughs) behind the scenes footage of like him being a silly goofball. But uh, again, I don't see it happening. So but I I am going to agree with you and I'm going to go with the Donner. The Donner party. Okay. Uh, All right. So let's look at the the direction of the movie and the script. if you're comparing the two of them, so this this is this is where I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get into a serious internal debate that I have to talk to you about. So um, I'm just gonna say it outright that the, neither of the scripts are particularly great. I don't think either of them are like outright terrible, but they're not good. There's not a whole lot for the actors to work with there, as I kind of discussed earlier. So then I, I think I feel like that's kind of a wash. So I have to start evaluating the actual directions of the movies you said the words visually stimulating a couple of times. Snyder can direct some action scenes. They're not bad. They're kind of muddled, but like, they're not bad, but like the first one's so cheesy and weird looking. I meant this real, like help me out here, Paul direction and script. Who are you going to give it to? I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to Richard Donner, to be honest with you for everything that we talked about in that Zack Snyder was handed the blueprint to make this a good movie. He, uh, he he knew what to do and he chose not to fucking do it. Um, so I'm giving this to the man who had nothing to start with as far as Superman content, who had who had a blank slate to do to start it, to be the revolutionary. I'm giving it to Donner for that reason, because he he did this with no with a comic book. That's what he had. He had a comic book. Um as opposed I'm, to the guy who had 30 years worth of content to fu- and just fucked it up. That's why you've swayed me. I, 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 I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. I win. <laughs> you, you win. It's honor. It's honor. It is. Um, how about the production value on these bad boys? Which one, like when you look, when you watch the screen, you look at it, you go, that was a million, a hundred million dollars on screen or whatever. Which I, I am. At? I'm going to go man of steel. I, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it is, mm-hmm. while I think the first one is very visually stimulating, I do go back to like, okay, it's cool. It's great. But you're not star, you're not doing star Wars type shit. Whereas mm-hmm. visual effects, like again, the movie wasn't great. Direction wasn't great, but that's a quarter of a billion dollars in special effects. I will give it that. Yeah. So for that reason, I am gonna go. I am gonna give Man of Steel what I believe to be some props where they're due. I here's the hilarious thing. I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I'm gonna go with Donner. I think that I I, I think I, I I see what you're saying, and I think that you can argue that it's a little more polished than Man of Steel or anything like that. But I just. I don't know. I think I got to go with like, just, you know, setting up some of that stuff. It looks cheesy by nowadays, but I, I, yeah, I think I go with the Donner one. I think this is our first disagreement here so far. No, I I like it. I like it. It's and and, Um, and I don't think you're wrong. I see you. I see your (laughs) point. Well, I see Um, your point too. So (laughs) yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, this one is probably going to be fairly obvious. Enjoyment value. Which one do you enjoy more? The first one. I mean, yeah, yeah. Donner's. Yes. Yeah. I think I've said that several times over that I just had more fun. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, final thoughts. What do you, what do you got for us? We watched these Superman movies, the Supers Men. What 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 are you? What are your final thoughts on these guys? Um. I had fun with the first one. It, it's nostalgic in a sense. I'm not a big fan of the franchise to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, I'm not a DC man. I am a Batman man. Like I love Batman, but I, outside of all of that, I'm not super into it. If it means anything, I would rather, when it comes to DC movies, I would rather watch Ryan Reynolds, green lantern over man of steel. <laughs> I had, I, and for as shitty as that movie was, I still had fun. I still had fun watching Green Lantern over Man of Steel. Wow. Again, you have Ryan Reynolds and Taika. I'll take I'll take it. You forget Taika Watiti was in uh All right. was in Green Lantern. I did not recall that. I'm oh my god. Um I I guess my final thoughts, I as previously mentioned, I'm a Marvel guy too. Um, I have a few Batman movies or Batman comics. I'm actually sitting here looking at my comics or in my, my office staring me in the screen. Um, I just, I, I wanted to go in and try to reevaluate this. Like I said, I had not seen man of steel until this weekend when I watched it, it was a disappointment, I think, but I was also probably not going to like it. I kind of figured that going into it. So it, it was nice to be able to go back and rewatch it. It gives me a new appreciation for Donner and what he's done. I'll probably actually go back and rewatch two and three and four. Honestly, I'm I'm curious about even the bad ones. I wanna I wanna see what Office Space made fun of all those many years ago too. And just <laughs> talk through that. Um so I guess we have to ask it, because it is the title of the damn podcast. Paul, this man of steel. Was that really necessary? And this is a complicated one for me, because uh, obviously I thought about this a lot. But <laughs> was Man of Steel necessary? Yes. Was this Man of Steel necessary? No. Um, I think DC needed to ah. kick off their I think DC needed to kick off their universe. They were like you we mentioned they were already behind by five years almost. I felt shit even more. Um, they needed the household name Superman to kick that off. Batman mm-hmm. was kind of already in the, they we've been beating that horse to death at this point. So if you're going to kick it off, mm-hmm. you need to kick it off with, with a household name. And it was necessary. Again, if you want to do, if you want to do the Marvel mm-hmm. thing, yes, this was necessary. The version we got, was not necessary. We didn't need that shit. I would have. Uh, I would have rather had nothing. So, I I uh, like that take. I like it. No, I I I yeah, I'd agree with that. I I would say that it is necessary. Now, unfortunately, I don't think I think they squandered it and didn't do anything with it. And yeah, I, I don't have much else to add. Yeah, Batman was too recent. They weren't going to be able to do that. Wonder Woman people still didn't think that women could do anything somehow. I don't know why they didn't. Whatever. Anyway, you try to go with it. You try to do bankable Superman. Just didn't really work out. Uh, Well, this brings us to maybe my favorite part of the podcast, actually. So if anybody hasn't listened to this before, um, as most of you probably have at this point, because I bet it's still just our moms. uh, It's it's (laughs) the point where... (laughs) <laughs> it's the point where we get to choose what the next subject of the uh, podcast is. Now, the interesting thing is every week we switch off. So I chose Superman. I was the one who subjected Paul to this why he was saying he hated me at the beginning of the episode. Uh, but this week, that means it's him. So he gets to reveal it to me. You are going to listen to my reaction live because I had, have no idea what's coming. So, uh, Paul... Lay it on me. What's what's going to be your your hate fuck for me this next week? What are you? This what are you isn't going to be a hate fuck. This isn't going to be a hate fuck. This is going to be something very different than what we've actually done. Is this so, going to be a hate make love to then? Is no, no. Actually, I, I think we're gonna. I, I I genuinely think we are going to get to have some good conversations. We're going to get Ooh. to talk about this because this isn't like the movies we've done. Um, I wanted to okay. change things up. 
We've done a lot of action. We've done a lot of adventure. We've done a lot of really kind of big budget movies. This is these are not big budget mm-hmm. movies. Um, these are content mm. movies, uh, and they're also not reboots. Okay, this is a this is a solid remake. These movies only came out three years apart, and they are remakes of each other. Huh. Um, it's also the only one I think on our list where the same character is in each plays the same character in each one. So next time we meet, we're going to get a double dose of Peter Dinklage because he is in both of these movies. And if you want to know what that is, we are going to talk about the movie Death at a Funeral. Yeah, we're fucking talking about Death at a Funeral. That's a bold move. It's a bold move. It's February. We're going to have some conversations. Welcome to 2021, (sighs) people. Um, They're fun, uh, but they are very, they are the same, very different movies. Um, and I think this is, this is kind of a rarity in the list of movies that we have. And I wanted to change it up and mm-hmm. get out of some of the action. Cause I feel like those are what gets remade a lot. Um, this is, this right, is right. different. So we are, we are going to get a double dose of Dinklage and go for uh death at a funeral. Should I end it? Should I should I use our, our outro opportunity this time to to use that Dinklage, Peter Dinklage? Oh, I think you should. It would be <laughs> great. Uh, all right, I'm in for this. I you know that was uh we we have some notes in our list of movies that we have. It's like this could be touchy, but I like it. I like that we're going for it. All right, I've never seen either of those movies, so this is oh, whole, are you serious? whole thing oh yeah no we're we're going i'm going in oh shit okay so they are both the same premise Mm -hmm. do you know the premise of the movie do you want me to tell you no i want to go in as fresh as oh and you need oh oh i thought you've watched these before oh fucking amazing oh has oh oh, (laughs) we are gonna have so many topics to cover um all I, I mean, we're, we both feel the same way about things, but oh, oh, I thought you've watched these. Oh, this is going to be fun. You yeah, know, like, I'm excited. You know, like one's an all white British cast and one's an all black cast, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm aware. Awesome. 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 Uh, the, the cast is. Amazing. All right. Well, the cast in these is great. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, tune in for that one, I guess. Uh, for everybody here at uh, Wasn't That Really Necessary, I'm Zach Buell. I'm Paul Abishan. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. 